Yeah, well, man, it's good to, uh, good to be up here. Stars and stickers for all of you that joined us in the uh, building this, uh, this evening. Way to go. Way to go. And those of you that are warm and cozy on the couch, especially my friends in the Fox Valley, hello, hello, hello. It's good to be with all of you uh, tonight. As Becky said, I'm, my name's Chris. I have the privilege, really is a privilege, to be part of the team here, specifically my role and assignment in the Fox Valley as the campus pastor and I have just so enjoyed the last 16 or 17 months as we've kind of rolled up our sleeves and just seen God do really, really cool things. And so here's what I want to do uh, tonight with the next, I don't know, a little while. I, I want to talk about the discipline of, of prayer. That discipline word can be kind of a scary word, sort of a, you know, maybe a dirty word for some of us. But come on, it's a brand new year. Let's, uh, let's practice some some discipline a little bit, right? I know uh, many of us, we need to get back in the gym. Hey, oh, me right here. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what it looks like to um, discipline our life in the way that Jesus taught us to, to pray. Now, I don't know if you're like me, like prayer can be pretty intimidating sometimes, can it? Like, like there are so many ways that, that we, can, we can pray. Like I remember listening to people pray as a, as a kid with like the these and the thous and the, the shells and the shell knots. And, you know, sometimes we still pray that way. I remember as a kid, I remember, I remember big, loud, sweaty, screaming prayers. Anybody grow up with big, loud, screaming prayers? I remember, I remember really quiet, soft, still prayers. I remember listening to people pray with, with massive vocabularies, right? And thinking, and thinking to myself, this prayer thing is, is hard, like, have you felt like praying is, is hard? Like, like some, some, maybe you're thinking, like, am I even doing this right? Like, hello, is this thing working? Hello, hello, right? Or maybe you're here tonight, or maybe you're listening in online, you kind of stumbled onto one of our, one of our channels, and, and you, maybe you don't even believe in prayer. Or maybe you're seeking this whole relationship thing with Jesus out, and maybe you're not even quite sure about prayer. Man, I'm really glad that you're here tonight or tuning in. Because, in fact, Jesus' first followers were trying to figure out the whole prayer thing, too, early on. It's actually recorded in Luke chapter 1, verse 11. And I want to share it with you. Uh, it says in Luke 1, verse 11, it says, One day Jesus was, was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. So check it out. The disciples had been hanging out with Jesus for, for a little while now, right? And they'd seen him do all kinds of crazy, amazing stuff, like, like taking a little bit of food and, and, and feeding 5,000 people. Maybe you've heard that story before, right? And, or, or, or like the time when Jesus, he, he like spit and, and made a really cool mud cake out of, out of some, some mud and, and he put it in the person's eye and, 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 and he, he literally healed him. But here's what's crazy. Like think about this. If you look in scripture, never once did the disciples see one of these amazing, crazy miracles, one of these huge things that, that God did. Never once did they say, oh man, Jesus, the spitting on the ideal, on the, on the ground and putting in the eyes. How'd you do that? How'd you pull that one off, right? No, he, he, never did they say, oh man, you fed all those people. You got to show me that one, Jesus. Come on, give me the trick. But what'd they say? What did they say? When they saw him pray, they said, Jesus, 
you have to teach us to pray. Now, I, now listen, I don't know what it is that they actually saw, but you better believe it was most likely intimate. Like he was, he was connecting with his, with, with his father, most likely, right? It was, it, was, it was relational, right? And it was also probably very supernatural, and everything in between, it was, it was holy. And something about what they saw made them kind of jump up and, and they're like, okay, all right, Jesus, here's the thing. Now you gotta show us. You gotta show us how to pray. You know, I was wondering this week, I wonder if they had ever tried praying before and, and felt like maybe they weren't doing it right. <laughs> like, I wonder if they ever felt like they needed to be taught because their prayers maybe weren't working like maybe their prayers were, were broken. I don't know. Here's a question I have for you tonight. You ever felt like your prayers were broken? Like, have you ever felt like this, is this prayer deal even real? Is it even, is it even working? And I love, I love that Jesus took some time to teach his followers how to pray the right way. You know, over the years, you know, I've, I've, I've heard people and even myself growing up pray this, this prayer that we pray every single week called the Lord's Prayer. And over the last 16, 17 months, I've really dove in and began to really, really appreciate this prayer so much more as we pray it every single week as a, as a church family. But what I've come to realize that in as much as we call it the Lord's Prayer, I'd like to suggest tonight that it's also the disciples' prayer. Like Jesus taught his disciples to pray this way, right? Like he taught his followers to pray a certain way. So here's the deal. If you're tuning in online, you're here in the room, and if you, if you have ever felt like your prayers are maybe broken or ineffective, I'd like to share with you tonight a few things to help you pray the way that Jesus told us to do. And listen, if Jesus told us to pray a certain way, we probably should lean in, right? We probably should listen a little bit to the way Jesus taught us to pray. But as I, sh as I share these, these five principles with us tonight, I'd like us to look at this prayer and notice that it sort of, it sort of has a theme to it. It actually appears to me to be a, a broken prayer. Now listen, before you walk out and freak out on me, I'm gonna call it a broken prayer, not because it appears to be broken or ineffective, but because it appears to come from a place of brokenness. Brokenness before God. So tonight, with, with the few moments we have together, I, I wanna invite us to lean into just a few principles from the prayer that we pray every single week in Matthew 6, that I believe in all actuality that the best prayer is a broken prayer that comes from a place of brokenness. It's found in Matthew chapter six, verses nine through 13. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So here's the deal. We see here a prayer that Jesus taught us, right? 
It's, it's as if God is saying, here's a gift, like, here you go. I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna literally teach you how to pray. And so what I'm gonna attempt to do for the next little while is I just want us to drill down on this prayer and I want us to sort of unpack together this, this prayer that we pray every single week. So at the end of our night together, we can take what appears to be maybe our broken, ineffective prayers and allow God to show us tonight what a truly broken prayer is. Not in the sense of, 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 of broken and needing to be fixed in some way, but broken because it comes from a place of, of brokenness. A place of understanding that, that prayer is, is more about God than it is about us. Right? Like sometimes my prayers can be so selfish. Right? They can, my prayers can be so self-centered. And I'd like to show us tonight through the prayer that Jesus taught his followers that the best prayer is a broken prayer, all right? Here we go. The first thing I wanna help you realize when we pray is that we need to surrender to God's presence with a worshipful heart. If you're taking notes, that's the first point. Surrender to God's presence with a worshipful heart. Matthew 6, 9 says, our Father in heaven hallowed be your name. So the original language here in, in, that's, that's written is actually written in, in Greek. And, and this word hallowed here actually is, is the word hagiadzo. It's pronounced hagiadzo. And, it, and it, means, it means holy. Jesus is saying here, when you come to the Father, recognize that he is holy, Right? Recognize that he is, he's pure. Recognize that he's, he's set apart. And, and ultimately, we need to surrender to his greatness, right? Like we need to come under his, his lordship with a, with a surrendered heart of, of worship. We need to recognize as, as, we, as, we, as, as we pray, we surrender to, to the greatness of God. Now, when I was a kid, I, I remember going to church on, on Sunday nights and and every once in a while, a, a big old preacher would come in with like a 15-piece suit, right? And he'd come and he'd preach and he'd pray and he'd scream and preach. Maybe, you know, you've seen those preachers before, like sweat and screaming and preaching and praying. And I remember, remember literally at, at times kind of being scared to death <laughs> as, as they would preach about hell and, and, and God's holiness and, and how big our, our God is. But you know, you know, I think, I, in a way, I think that that's sort of what Jesus was, was saying here, right? Like, I don't think he's trying to scare us with, with God's holiness, like, hallowed be your name. But, but God is big, right? He's mighty. He's, he's, he's holy. And, and when we pray, we need to, we need to surrender to his his greatness, and recognize what a, what a privilege it is to, to, to approach his, his presence through, through prayer. Like, think about, think about it for a second. We, we literally have the opportunity to worship the creator of, of the universe. Like, he's holy. He's, he's all-powerful. He's, he's in control. He's sovereign. He's, he's big, and we're, we're small, Right? And so many times, man, I get, I get busy in life and life gets crazy. We forget about him. So when we come to God, we have to intentionally surrender to his presence 
with a heart of worship. I'd like to suggest tonight that it's the beginning of a broken prayer as we surrender to his presence. The second thing is this. When we pray, not only do we need to surrender to his, to his presence, we, I believe we need to submit to God's priorities. Submit to God's priorities over your own. Matthew 6.10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Now I'm just gonna tell you, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like naturally selfish. <laughs> and this is a tough one for me to even talk about. Like there, there are times, if I'm honest, that, that my prayer is way more about me <laughs> than, than about God. Right, like it's about what I want, it's about, it's about what I need, right? We honest, anybody here? Maybe, maybe you too? Like, like I need a raise, God, hello, right? Uh, God, God, I need a new car. I need you to fix this person sitting next to me, right? Don't fix me, fix them, right? It's this person's issue. Some of you are single here, or you're watching online, you're like, I need a man and I need a man. Now, God, come on. But here's the thing. When we, come to, when we come to God in prayer, it's all about him. It's, it's, not, it's not about us. It really has nothing to do with us. It's all about him. It's all about who he is. It's all about what, what he's doing. Like, like, what are his priorities for us? How does he want us to spend our money, right? How many kids does he want us to have? Does he think that we should adopt? We could go on and on and on. And so many times we come to him and we think he's like this this. this cosmic vending machine, right? Like, say a prayer, man. <laughs> He's just going to deliver it to you. Hit the button. Just hit the button. Say the words, and he'll send it to you, right? But in prayer, I, I believe we've, we've got to come to him with the reala realization that, that life really isn't about us. It's about him. I believe we have to come to a place of, of, of brokenness and submit to his priorities his plans over ours. I think, I think we have to get to a place in our, in our time with God when we're praying where we're seeking the giver way more than we're seeking the gifts that he gives to us. What does Matthew 6.33 say? It says, but seek first his kingdom, right? And his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. So what are you seeking? Really, honestly tonight, what are, you, what are you seeking? What's your life about? In prayer, we need to seek him first. Number three, when you pray, we need to sacrifice our wants to God's provision for your daily needs. Sacrifice your wants to God's provision for your daily needs. Matthew 6, 11 says what? Give us today our daily bread. God is the provider of everything we need, right? Maybe not everything we want, right? In the day and age and the culture that we, we live in, man, this is hard, isn't it? At least it is for me. Like we want it now and we want it right now, right? But really all we really should want is God's provision for us. Like he knows exactly what we need. It's, it's, our, it's our daily bread, right? 
The broken prayer says, I will sacrifice my wants, my desires for what, I, what, what he thinks I need. That's a broken prayer. He wants to provide for us. But, but the problem is, at least for me, many times we think we need to do all the providing. Or we think Walmart provides, right? Or McDonald's provides. Or we even think, we even think our job provides. It only provides until you lose the job, right? And this is hard for us, especially us, us guys, because, man, we feel like it's our job to, to, to provide for our, our family, right? Like, we take pride in, in providing, but even though we work hard to take care of our family, man, it's still God's provision that we should be desiring, not our own. So, guys, when we come to God in prayer... We need to come to him broken of ourselves and our wants and our desires and maybe even our dreams. We come broken before him and we recognize that, that, that God is our provider. Everything that we have, everything that we are is his because he gives gifts, right? He's provided for us. And so when we're, when we're praying, when we're talking to God, we understand he, it's he who provides. But listen, that doesn't mean we... That doesn't mean we don't ask, right? God gives and he provides, right? And we should ask him to meet our needs. All right, if we went around the room or I kind of came into your living room, man, we could hear powerful stories of when you were at the end of your rope, you were, you were broken or maybe you were flat broke and you asked God to provide for you and he did. Come on, can I get a witness? Anybody, anybody have a, a moment where God provided for you? He does that. Some of you asked God to provide a healing for you in the past, and he has. I'm telling you, God is a provider. It's not us, though. It's him. Some of us maybe have needs here tonight, or you're tuning in online, and, and, and your marriage is a wreck, or, or maybe you're struggling financially, or some of you are struggling with, 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 with selfishness. Man, what is it that you need God to do? God supplies our needs. He's a provider. Philippians 4.19 says, and my God will meet what? All your needs. According to the riches of his glory, in Christ Jesus, man, that's a promise. That's a promise that Jesus Christ will meet your needs. Or, or in the midst of meeting your needs, he'll reshape what you think your needs are. And then you come to him in brokenness with a broken prayer, and he meets those needs. Sometimes those needs that you don't even knew, know you had. We come to God sacrificing our, our selfish wants, and humbly asking him to meet our needs. That's a broken prayer. Number four, when you pray, you need to search your heart. Search your heart and ask for God's pardon for your sins. Search your heart and ask for God's pardon for your sins. Matthew 6, 12 says what? Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Now, this is the part where we come to God and we recognize our brokenness, right? And we ask for, for forgiveness for, for the sin in our lives, right? And for some of you, like that's a once a week prayer. You pray it with us as a, as a church family, right? For some of you, that's like every two minutes you're praying that, right? 
It just kind of depends on where you are in life. But this is, this is just literally, it's sort of a, a falling down before God broken and saying, God, I want to ask you for forgiveness for the sin in my life. And let me encourage you, that should be a regular piece and portion of, of, our, of our prayer life. Listen, I've been learning that the last several months and even the last couple years. I've been searching my heart and doing soul work the last several years. I've been processing some of my, some of my past and, and God has been showing me some things in my heart that I've, I've left ne- neglected, you know? Not necessarily like gross, glaring, sinful stuff, but just sort of a, a slow fade of, of, of selfishness and, and self-centeredness in my life. And, and lately, I've been asking God to forgive some of the stuff in my life that's even affected my family. Like there's been several times over the last several years where, where I've been so broken before God, asking him for, to forgive me for not being the man that, 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 I, that I should have been for my wife and kids. And I said, God, forgive me for my, my selfishness, my my self-centeredness. Forgive me for, for letting the, my marriage just sort of coast in, in, in comfortableness. I choose to fight for it. I choose to change it. I choose to show my kids what a, what a healthy marriage looks like. God, forgive me for not being the man that you've called me to be for my family. And I'm standing before you guys today and I'm telling you that he's forgiven me. He's changed me. And guess what? He's continuing to change me. And he can do that for you too. When we come to God in prayer, asking him to forgive us. Some of you are here tonight or maybe you're tuning in online and and you need to ask God's forgiveness. You need to fall on your knees and recognizing that that your brokenness with a broken prayer. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe, Maybe it's lust. I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's adultery. Maybe it's, maybe it's habits or bad habits. Maybe, maybe it's addictions. I don't know what it is for you, but I do know that God wants to forgive you. Even tonight, you can search your heart and ask for his pardon, his forgiveness. I believe he'll do that even tonight. And some of you are here or you're tuning in and you've asked for forgiveness before, but maybe you haven't forgiven yourself. You're still carrying it around. You're carrying it with you and you you haven't let it go. Let me remind you what the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Man, if we confess, God will forgive. It's over. It's done. It's finished. It's gone. You're washed clean. You're, you're, you're brand new, man. That's good news for some of us tonight. And so I encourage you as you come to God in prayer on a regular basis, come to him, admit your brokenness and ask for forgiveness for the sin in your life. So you see in this theme in Matthew 6 that we pray every single week as a church family? Are you seeing the theme of, of, of being broken before the Father as we, as we come to him and in, in, in prayer, we, we surrender to his presence, right? We submit to his priorities. We sacrifice our wants to God's priorities. We search our heart and we ask for God's pardon. And finally, when we pray, I believe we need to stand up 
with God's power to overcome temptation. Stand up with God's power to overcome temptation. Matthew 6, 13 says what? And don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. Here's the thing. Satan is real. The enemy is, is real. He, he's not just this cute little guy on his shoulder whispering in our ear with a pitchfork and a little you know, red, red costume. He's, he's real. And his, his goal is literally to destroy your family. He wants to destroy you. He wants to end it. He wants to get you addicted or get you, get you hooked on something, right? He, he'll, he'll move things around and he'll try to make things happen. He'll lie to you and he'll literally try to destroy you. So we have to come to God and pray in the middle of those temptations. Come on, he wants to, he wants to tempt us. And some of you guys, maybe you're going home or maybe you're, in, you're, you're at home right now and later and it's gonna happen. You're gonna turn on your screen or you're gonna click away and you're gonna be tempted in that moment to, to watch something that you probably shouldn't watch. You're like, man, I shouldn't probably watch this. And then you're gonna remember tonight. And you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna say, God, give me your power, your supernatural power to walk away from this temptation. Or maybe you're single, you're on a date, you're in a compromising situation, and I believe you're gonna say, God, give me your supernatural power to walk away from this temptation and stand in this situation. Or moms, maybe you're doing your thing tomorrow, Kids spill the lemonade on their homework and dogs freaking out and kids are jumping from couch to couch and swinging from the ceiling fan and you're tempted to scream at your kids. You're like, God, give me the power to stand and walk away from this temptation. You know what? If you haven't heard anything in the last few moments that we've been together, this is probably the most powerful piece of scripture that you're gonna find. And I just wanna share it with you. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Here's some good news. When you're tempted, he'll provide a way out. Right, it's, it's almost like that, that Pac-Man game. You ever play Pac-Man? You're like over here and the little ghost guys are coming to get you and just in the right time, you're like, whoop, right over here, out the other side, right? They come to get you over here. There's your way out, whoop. Here you are on the other side of the screen, right? Yeah, God gives us a way out. I, I, I kind of believe that's what scripture is saying. It's, it's when you're tempted, if you come to God and ask him for for his power and his strength, man, I believe he'll grant it to you. I believe, he'll, I, I, believe he'll give, I believe he'll give you a way out of your situation. You ask for a way out, God will provide, and he'll, he'll provide a Pac-Man way out. Cool, huh? Listen, his power is, is strongest in our weakness. In our, in our weakest, most tempting moments, God's power is strong. So, so in closing, here, here's, here's what I'd like to suggest. I'd like to suggest tonight that God, God will pour out his power through a broken prayer. He pours out his power through, through his broken earthly 
vessels. He pours out his power through our, through our messiness, through our struggle, through our many times jacked up and cracked up moments in our life. This is what the Bible says. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9, it says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Celebration, we hold inside our, our broken, frail, natural self a light shining in our hearts. It's the light of the world. We just celebrated it. We came through Christmas and our Advent season. It's the light of the world, Jesus. And if I'm honest, and if we're honest here tonight, and maybe you're tuning in and, and you can get honest with me, that, that's where sometimes I get it wrong. Like, I think I'm the one that needs to hold it all together, right? Like, like I'm the one that needs to, in some way, shatterproof my life, that, that I, can, I can control it, that I can, that I can fix my, my marriage, that I can fix my finances, that, that I can control my, my temptation, that I can get my, my daily bread, that, that, that my will matters. No, it's all God, right? It's, it's his hallowed presence we need. It's his priorities. It's his provision it's his pardon, and ultimately it's his, it's his power that provides a way out. So when we pray in 2022, we pray this way. Can we pray all together with one voice? The Lord's prayer, the disciples' prayer, and we'll close with this. Let's pray like we mean it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks.